Welcome to the International Career Couples Podcast. This is your host, Kate Galloway. I work with expat couples who want to align and grow both their careers. In this podcast, we aim to explore how expat couples can work as a team to understand and balance their personal and professional goals while living on the move. So in this episode, we meet Sandra and Anthony Robinson, who were long-term expats um, over the course of, I think, about 10 years. They provided to me their potted history of all their expat moves, and really from June of 1995 through to around 2007, they were on the move or living separately in different countries, negotiating with their company so that they could be together or to have an extensive travel package so that they could move between countries and see each other fairly frequently before they were able to reach a place where both companies could have them in the same country at the same time. And so it's a really, really interesting journey. What was fascinating for me within this conversation is how in some cases it was the company that was giving, having the infrastructure that enabled them to do what made sense for them within their careers. But there was also an element here of Sandra and Ant being able to go to their companies and ask for it as well. For me, that's a really, really important thing. Sometimes we can wait for a company to come to us to make an offer of what will happen. Sometimes there might be more that we can do to advocate for ourselves. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Just a note that at certain points during the recording, there's some background noise that we weren't aware of at the time that we were recording, but bear with us. Um, There's lots of interesting information and tips within this episode. I look forward to hearing what you think of them. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Sandra and Ant. It's lovely to have you here and for you to share your experience as having been an international career couple and sort of share your story as to how that was for you. I was wondering if we could kick off with you just telling me a little bit about the the, the moves that you made. I suppose specifically what those career changes were for you. You've given me the list already and it's quite extensive, so I'm fascinated to hear more. Oh, thank you, Kate. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to you today. We're absolutely thrilled to be here. Yes, our list is very long of countries that we have not only visited, but lived in. We, at the moment, we're living in Devon. We've been here for 15 years. We came back to the UK 17 years ago, 17 years ago now. Having spent 10 years abroad as expats, the, the four moves, the four big moves that we made were to Hong Kong, to the States, and then to Africa. And we navigated our way through our careers, kind of bubbled along. Our mantra was always, we'll make it work where, wherever we are. Um, my, my career in Hong Kong and the US was with, uh, was with an international bank, Morgan Stanley, and worked for British American Tobacco. Um, halfway through our expat experience, 
I gave up my career, so that had different issues for me, but you carried on working, didn't you? Yes. I mean, I think I think one of the big differences between our experiences, if you like, was we actually met once we were expats. So we didn't we didn't go through the decision process uh, and we both sort of arrived at expat status through very different routes. And you positively wanted to be an expat and asked to move to Hong Kong. Um, I, I class myself really as an accidental expat. Went, went to Hong Kong for a three-month project and uh, didn't get back to the UK until about 12 years later. <laughs> <laughs> so so you met when you, when you were abroad then. What kind of happened in terms of your career discussions at that stage, in terms of how you figured out what you both wanted from your careers? I think, I think the, the, cru- the crucial one was, was after... After I'd, I'd managed to hide under the desk long enough to extend my stay from three months to three years in Hong Kong, because I absolutely loved it, we came to a crunch point where I was either going to have to move in order to not disappear off the radar, mm-hmm. or or I was going to have to give up work. So it was at that point, I suppose, we had our first sort of major sit down and session as to what are we going to do about this. Because Sandra's career was very firmly based in Hong Kong at the time, and mine was going to be anywhere other than Hong Kong okay. at that point. Yeah, that was that was that was a really difficult. Yeah. Um, I think that was the most difficult decision we had to make, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, about our careers. Um, I know for myself, uh, I was on the on the cusp of being promoted to vice president um, with the bank, and that is something that. I had for years coveted, never thought it would be possible. And and the thought of of leaving my career, leaving Hong Kong and following Anthony, he uh, had an opportunity to go and work in the US was absolutely abhorrent to me because I, I just had to get through that final hurdle. It was something that I really want, had wanted to achieve for many years. Um, so that whole decision about should you stay, should you leave, and it, it was a very difficult time. Uh, yeah, we 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 locked ourselves away in a room for for a weekend, if you like, uh, stuck flip charts all over. Well, I'm an engineer by training, and I'm afraid we did a very boring value engineering exercise on the on all our options. So we sort of said. These are our options. I think we had four or five options at the time. Popped them, popped them all on the wall, did a sort of SWOT analysis on them and a value engineering exercise on them, came up with an answer and then did the opposite. Okay. <laughs> so what, what, what made the opposite decision then? The opposite decision was probably the path of least resistance, if I'm briefly honest. Um, Sandra, Sandra carried on working in Hong Kong to, to achieve her VP status. Uh, and I stayed with BAT uh, and, and, and went on to my next assignment. So at that point, I think we, we weren't... The, the answer we'd come up with was probably not a very realistic answer. And so it was a sort of like a holding pattern. We'll, we'll carry on doing what we're doing. We'll stay in touch and keep the discussion alive. Um, and, and we know we, we knew we were strong enough to be able to, as a, as a, as a couple, to be able to survive the, the sort of living, living on opposite sides of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's um, I, I hear a few times where that's kind of 
been the decision so that both both careers can continue. At this point, how much did the companies know about your personal decisions that you were making? They 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 knew everything. They, yeah, so. um, that very very we were very open with them. Um, and I have to say that both companies were incredibly supportive. They without them, I mean they really gave us the infrastructure to make this all happen. Um, and what I mean by that is um, more holidays. They they allowed us to have a very extensive flight allowance so that we could visit each other. So we saw each other about every six weeks, I would yes. say. Um, and I know that when I, sorry, when Ant left Hong Kong, um, the AT continued paying for my housing, even though um, Anthony had already moved to the States. Yeah, they were really supportive. Mm. Um, and, and, and we had times in our careers where, I was working in New York, but had to go back to Hong Kong to um, help them with the, the millennium, the Y2K situation. Um, it was um, it was an unprecedented project. We'd never had anything happen like that um, so far. And Morgan Stanley very kindly paid for Ant to be with me at that time. So they were incredibly supportive. Mm-hmm. And just out of interest, was it offered or asked for? Um, that's a very good point. I think uh, the the monetary help was given. Um, certainly when um, I wanted to move to New York to be at least in the same country as my husband. He was then my husband at that point, um, and still is, by the way. <laughs> um, I asked Morgan Stanley if I could work in New York, and uh, they happily um, obtained a US working visa for me because they wanted to keep me within the company. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a bit of ask and there was a bit of given. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm thinking of um, when I sat in an HR role and I would work with expatriates um, as well, and it would be quite commonplace for somebody to come and say, I know that you're asking me to go here, but I'm going to need X, Y, and Z. Um, and then it would be a sort of bartering position um, of me going back and forth with the, de- the different departments and the, you know, the, the budget holders and what have you. Um, whereas mm. for my husband, when I tell him that, he'll kind of say, well, you're, I, I was working for an oil and gas major. He was like, there's more money there than there is kind of in the companies that I've worked for. It's a different, it's a different ask that goes wow. on here. So I wonder if there might be something about what companies are able to give, um, you, you know, where they can set a, pr- a new precedent um, because they want to keep people. Yes, and it possibly also depends a lot on the on the size of the company and the infrastructure they have for expats. If you, I mean, BAT had a had a huge expat infrastructure. Mm. Um, it was quite quite colonial in the way it had sort of sent people out overseas, and it was a very uh, it it felt it felt very structured. It didn't really feel it was it was also very generous. It didn't really feel like it was something that was up for negotiation. There was a there was a great structure. There was a a country rating. There was a. It was all very, very prescribed. 
And whilst you might argue about what colour cushions you were going to have, um, it, was, it, it didn't get too much further than that. Yeah. And so as you're describing sort of locking yourself away and having the flip charts up, and it sounds like it was a very objective process that you went through. What, what sort of elements were you considering as you were looking forward to what's the best decision for us to make here? Um, I, I, we, we, we had a, uh, uh, we'd have to, it was years ago now, I'm trying to remember the list, but we, we, I suppose the first, the first session of what we went through was identifying the things that we thought um, were, were important um, to us. So obviously there was, there was, there was financial implications. Um, there was what we thought it would do to our relationship. There were uh, life, work balance, um criteria in there um i mean one, one of the options we put on we'll put on the list was we both give up our careers by a boat and sail back to the uk mm. which was actually the the the, the answer the one <laughs> we, 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 yes we both voted for that that came out as number one but we didn't do it we didn't we never never executed <laughs> we didn't have the courage um we kept on with our careers uh and that led us down to a different path that was equally as fabulous, I would say. Yeah. So as you look back, what, if anything, would you do differently? Career. Well, <laughs> um, what would you do differently? I, well, I have been thinking about this, actually, um, in the last week, and I don't think I would do anything differently I career-wise absolutely loved what I was doing um for me it came to a natural end after I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve um just as a an aside after I had been promoted Ants was then uh, offered a expat role in Africa we could then both be together we jumped at that and it was the start of a new venture for us which was just wonderful um, so I wouldn't do anything differently would you? Uh, possibly not with the benefit of hindsight because we had a lot we had a lot of fun and as I, as I say I ended up being an expat quite accidentally so it was nothing I'd I never really had the travel bug, um, but it kind of developed the more the more I was overseas, it, the more you got a different perspective back in the UK, and it, it sort of I don't know it made uh, made made the place in the place in the world seem a little very different, got a very very different perspective on things. Um, possibly, if I were to do anything, would be to possibly try to be a bit more proactive and a little less reactive focused a bit more on oh, I suppose uh, a career things think things may have been may have been different but I'm not saying that I would have wanted them to be different what they ended up doing was a lot of fun so as we you've been really really generous with your time um usually kind of as we close out the conversation just wondering what your advice would be so people that are um kind of at that stage now, maybe they've met each other abroad or they're contemplating expat life. Um, from a career stance, what would your recommendations be for them? I think go for it. I, I, there's, there's, I can't think of anything better that happened 
for my career than to do that. And I would, if I sat down and analysed it, I would probably never have done it. Yeah. Yeah. But with the benefit of hindsight, it's just been been the best times. Best best my career, best for uh, being noted within the company. You know, you're getting yourself out there much more typically than if you're... If you're, if you're sitting still in a in a head office role, and I think that's a really good point when you're when you're out in um, some of the smaller offices that that companies have uh, throughout the world, or or maybe even bigger offices, you you do away from head office, you do have uh, an opportunity to make a difference. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going back to our mantra: just make it happen because you can and and we did yeah lovely thank you both so much for taking time out to speak with me today it's been lovely to hear the story and to get your kind of anecdotes and top tips for people as well oh thank you kate for the opportunity thank you it's been a pleasure thank you i wondered after speaking with sandra and ant how many of us have been accidental expats where we thought that one thing might happen with our careers and then we've ended up somewhere completely different. I'll be completely honest with you. I seem to remember saying to my husband, I don't want to live in Houston and I don't want to live in Dubai. And those are both of the places that we've ended up. Um, both of us in different parts of our career, both of us being able to work. So it's interesting um, to see where life can take you, where your careers can take you when you're not necessarily thinking that might be what happens. One of the things that they said was sort of their motto or their mantra of just do it because you can is such a great attitude to have when you're managing your expat careers. To be thinking we could do this rather than thinking we can't do this is an important mindset. Our family is planning a move in July of this year. And we really took time to think about what it was that we wanted, not just now, but in the future years. So it's involving a relook at a repatriation for us, actually. So we'll be heading back from Dubai to Scotland. Uh, it involves selling a home in Scotland, moving to a different area that we haven't lived in before. Uh, it's taken negotiation on the part of my husband with his company, who've been absolutely amazing, um, really receptive to what we've taken to them. And for me, it's been around how can I position myself with my business so that I can land ready to kind of carry on what I'm doing, um, having had the, the family um, kind of settled into the new school, the new home, the new way of working and living. COVID has brought around a whole different way of thinking for a lot of people, which can include, you know, where would we live if we wanted to live? And what could we do in our careers that would enable that? I've had clients who are thinking more along the lines of, where would we like to try living? Let's go there for a few years. How can our company support us to do that? Or in some cases, which company could I work with that will allow me to work remotely? So I really love that motto of just do it because you can. And Sandra and Ant and the the kind of travelling they've done and the experiences they've had, the way they've managed their own careers so that they were both able 
to achieve what they wanted to really shows us that it can be done. I'd love to hear from you and hear what you think. Who of you out there is an accidental expat or would like to be? Uh, You can get in contact on Instagram if you follow the International Career Couple podcast. You can also, as always, go in and download my free conversation guide from the website www.kategallowaycoaching.com.